those people a podcast about people with people as usual i'm your host mitch Gaines. you can find me at mitch Gaines, just about anywhere on the internet that i want to be found if this is your first time checking out the show thank you thank you thank you we are so happy to have you here those people is a show like i said with people about people where we explore all the labels given to us and also that we give ourselves every episode we sit down with different guests we interview them about their stories their successes their struggles all the different s words but most importantly we kick it with them about the people who are involved if you love it, we love you. Go ahead and go tell a friend. If you hate it, we hate you. And please kindly shut the fuck up forever. I'm just kidding about that last part. But if you hate the show for real, shoot me a note at mitchgains at gmail.com. And you can tell me what you hated. Maybe we'll do a little bit better next time. As always, I also want to take a quick second to remind all of you who do love the show, or maybe just some of those people that we've had on the show, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. It helps other people discover the show. Platforms from now on include Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, Pocket Cast, my personal favorite, Radio Public, and a whole bunch more. If you're a Google or an Apple listener and you like the show, it would mean a hell of a lot to us if you could rate and review the show, but only if you like the show. Save the hate takes for Twitter, where you can also find me, again, at Mitch Gaines with a Y, because I'm a little bit gay, G-A-Y-N-S. I am joined today by somebody who I've been excited to sit down with for a long time now. I say that about probably every single guest I have on, but today I'd like to think that it's genuine. Matthew Harris is a podcast out of Toronto. He's the host of the True North Views podcast, the only Canadian podcast that I personally listen to, the official podcast of Toronto. He's a financial planner by trade. He's also an amateur boxer on the side, 4-0, humble brag, no losses, uh, and a whole lot more than that, but I will let him explain who exactly he is during this interview. So without too much further ado, Matthew Harris. Welcome, Matt. Man, that, uh, I gotta say that intro, uh, I was listening as a, as a listener, and uh, wow, you got that. You got that. I'm going to steal some ideas. As, as the kids say, I, I does this occasionally. <laughs> that was smooth, though, man. How are you? Uh, I'm well, man. I'm well. I'm, I'm so happy to have you on because I feel uh, one of my favorite parts about this project, and there are a lot of favorite parts about this project. That's why I quit my job to do this. Uh, but one of my favorite things is probably getting to know in a real way all these people I have very tangential relationships to. And, like, you have a weirdly, like, large place in my life for somebody I've known for like less than a year and don't know in person. Like we've never, we've never had a, a more than 15 minute conversation. Uh, and I feel like yeah. I, I talk to you more than I talk to like, you know, my best friends from high school or college or anything. And it's, it's weird because I, I, I very much feel the same way. Like even when I'm just describing things to people in my everyday life, I'm like, yeah, that guy, that guy, you know, I call, I call you money making Mitch. I don't know if you know that, uh, I, I, you are not the first. Apparently, there are a lot of paid in full fans in my life, so I get the like the money Mitch, the money making Mitch reference a lot. Uh, that's actually where Mitch Gaines originally comes from. So the the backstory on that is like people you like. There's a I worked in sales, and there's a couple people who, like would refer to me as money making Mitch from both 
you know, paid in full and the okay. role. Okay. Uh, and I thought that was laughable because I'm like not a sales bro at all. And I also was not making very much money. Uh, and then one day I like <laughs> skated out of work at my lunch break to like go to the gym. And I came back like, you know, uh, one of the guys in my office was like, oh, you chasing those gains in the gym and in the office. I see you, Mitch Gaines. I see you. Okay. Uh, and like Mitch Gaines has been it ever since. And it's really funny because like I'm the furthest thing from a sales bro. I'm the furthest thing from a gym rat. Like I, I don't get these gains at all. Uh, but the moniker stuck and it worked. But, so. but what you did get was a very organic nickname. I, I'm I'm pretty envious of that. Yeah, um, it, it's. I don't really have one. I was People gonna. Just I was gonna my ask him all that. my life. So one of the things <laughs> I find interesting about you is like you your public persona is your real name. Uh, and mine is like an adaptation. Yep. Like my real name is Mitch. Uh, but like I. <laughs> I'm always curious, like, what made you decide, like, you didn't want to hide behind a, another moniker, for example? Like, you didn't want to have a, a podcast so, name? Because I know you're also pretty sensitive on the podcast about divulging anything too personal, especially when it comes to create, uh, career stuff. Yes. So, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of learning on the fly, to be honest. I think mm-hmm. part of it is that. But going back to just making the decision... Um, I think it just really goes back to not having an organic nickname. You know, I didn't want to force anything. I didn't want to, I, I tried to, um, it, it's funny, me and, me and Shola, uh, the co-host, other co-hosts of the True North Views podcast, um, we were kind of taking a Jesus and Mero approach. So it was like just Shola and your boy Harris. All right. So I, and you were your boy Harris? I was going to try to go with that, but I'm like, you know what? I can't really force that. It doesn't really sound cool in any other way other than introducing the podcast. Mm. Um, but I said, you know what? Forget it. I'm just going to stick to Harris. It is what it is. It's what I've been called all my life. Um, there's a lot of Matthew Harris's in the world. There's a lot of Harris's in the world. Eventually I'm going to be found. And when I'm found, I'm making enough money anyway. I mean, I, I feel like that's a fair assessment of things. Like I, I, for what it's worth, I thought your first name was Harris the first like six months I knew you and I've only known you for like eight months. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and it's funny because when, when people see me in the professional world and it says first name Matthew, last name Harris, they're like, hi, Harris. I'm like, it says Matthew. Like, how can't you get that part right? That's but one of the problems with like the two a, first name, two not... last name names. Though. It's like Harris and Matthew yep. are both first names and last names. And hella general and hella common. Are they common in Canada? I'm curious about that. I don't know what the makeup very, is. Okay. Very. Very. I mean, Harris, not as much. But, I mean, Matthew, of course. Every other kid, his name is Matthew. But they do it with one T. I don't know why they do it incorrectly. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Two T's up here. Two T's the correct way. Uh, I, I mentioned, you know obviously, you're, you're from Canada. Are you are you from Toronto originally? Like, what, I always like to start off kind of giving people a general sense of, like, where are you from? Yeah. Born and raised. Uh, I'm actually... I've been really in the same, let's call it 25, kilo- oh, I've got to talk in miles for you guys, a 15-mile <laughs> radius. Uh, you can make my <laughs> listeners do math, that's fine. <laughs> okay, I've, you know, you guys can Google it. I've been in the same, like, 25-kilometer radius pretty much all my life. You know, mental math it. Mm. Um, I've been in the same area all my life, man. I've been born in this area. I've been, I went to elementary school in this area. I went to high school in this area. Uh, university downtown Toronto, but that's probably like 22 kilometers away. So <laughs> still within reach. Um, and, and even where I live now, just on my own, it's still kind of within the area. So I've, I've born and raised, man, born and raised. Uh, some people would know it as Rexdale. Some Rexdale. people would know it as Etobicoke. However you want to call it, you can just simply call it Toronto. 
right. So what is what is I guess childhood like in Toronto? So I got one of my favorite things. I mentioned I like to use that phrase a lot because I have a lot of favorite things about doing this podcast. But I I have friends from all over, and everybody I guess. As an adult, when you meet people, right, like, you have no frame of reference for what people were like when they're young. Like, if you meet somebody when you're, like, 20, 21, you know, you know what high school them was like because they won't stop talking about it. You might meet their family because they go home in the summer, you know, all that kind of thing. Like, you meet somebody in your late 20s yep. or 30s or your 40s, like, I have no fucking clue what, like, childhood is like in any of these exactly. places. So, like, and is, people don't really willingly give that info. Right, like, that's not something you, that ever, it's not even that they're not willing to, it's just, it literally never comes up, right? Like, when are you ever with, exactly. like, uh, your friends yeah. who are 39? years old and you're like hey tell me about a time when you were 11 you know what i mean uh so i, I guess <laughs> I tell, tell, me, tell me tell me about a time when you were 11 like what is what is being a kid in toronto childhood, like? man let's let's yeah let's talk about childhood i mean childhood in toronto i think it's kind of the same as as any big city um i, I think it's really more so down to which area you're from right and and i'm uh, i'm 28 years old so i'm born in 91 era, okay say that again no i just want to clarify you said era not area era yeah. Okay. So I think it just comes down to what era you're in. Like I'm, I'm of the, like a teenager and adolescent, like right at the time the internet was coming in. And then when, when chat rooms were very prevalent and then when, uh, you know, it ex- expanded beyond that's like the birth of the Twitters of the world. So going back to childhood, what did we have? We only had each other. We had the playground, we had the basketball, we had the soccer ball. You know, in, in the winter time, we're sledding or whatever. Um, you know, and when I say sledding, you know, don't picture something so arctic. Um, possibly I'm from Boston. More like we we go sledding here, bro. Like it's not like I'm. I, I don't know what snow <laughs> is. You, you know what I mean. We you have hockey here and shit. And, <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you never know. But yeah, I mean, it, it was it was basic. I didn't really find it anything outside the norm. I mean, I don't really know what the norm is, but. I don't really think it's anything spectacular. It's just go to school, get those straight A's, go to recess, play with your friends, go to gym class, play sports, try out for sports, be on sports teams, do sports events, and then wash, rinse, repeat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's kind of the, the childhood everybody's aiming for, so it's, it's nice to actually meet somebody who's able to obtain it. Uh, I guess for, you mentioned kind of the error, you said you were born in 91, yeah? Yes, sir. And so when when do you get online? Because uh, that's a question I'm always curious about with people kind of of that era, that maybe 84 mm-hmm. to 92, 93. Because that, that's when, like, you know, I, I got it. My family got Internet, I think, in 1999 or 2000. But we had mm-hmm. dial up until I went to college. You know what I mean? Like, we, we didn't get high speed Internet until, I was, you know, two, that Obama was president. <laughs> wow. Whoa! Oh, yeah, but we, we, I, um, lived, like, okay. out, I lived like out there in the burbs. That's what I mean. Like it wasn't an option. Like you literally couldn't get it. You know. <laughs> no, I feel you. I feel you on that. Uh, when did I get online? I got online. I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of thinking about the progression, right? So mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the, and, and I'm leading up to, of course, when I got online. I'm thinking about the mix CD era, right? Or okay. you know, when you kind of just download songs off of LimeWire or whatever. And you and you put them on a CD and you burn it and you bring it to school in your Walkman. I'm picturing that time as like kind of grade eight. So I was what 13 years old, give or take. Um, I remember in the ninth grade is when I got an MP3 player. Um, do you remember that uh, the, the Chris Brown song? Uh, excuse me, Miss. Of course. Who who could forget? 
Man, like, yeah, I, I had, yes, I remember that fondly. I'll leave it at that because I'm trying to be a professional. <laughs> I remember, I I've remember, excuse me, that I had the same, I've been told that I have the same MP3 player as Chris Brown in that video. I didn't know that at the time. It was a birthday gift from my older brother. Um, so your, but, older, your older brother, yeah, had, that's when had I entered the MP3. Up. He was trying to help you out. Uh, apparently, apparently, or just, you know, coincidence could be either or. <laughs> you never really know. Your older brothers um, never want to give but, your older brother any credit. <laughs> you know how it is. You know how it is. Um, I'm trying to think, though. I would say around 7th, 8th, or ninth grade is when I started to get online. Uh, ninth grade, definitely the MSN era. Um, eighth grade is kind of when you were starting to get online. Yeah, I'm going to say grade 8, grade 9. So All I was right. 13, 14 years old. And so you... You mentioned your, your brother there. Do you have other siblings or just him? I have a very big family, Okay, uh, sir. I have, uh, oh, let me count here. Boy, okay, so there's six brothers plus one, seven plus two. That's nine plus ten. I'm going to say I have probably about 12 brothers. Uh, and I have about five sisters. I have a really big family. I actually have to count it on my fingers. I was going to say, you know somebody's got a big family when they count in numbers, not names. You know what I mean? Like, you're doing the mental yeah. math in your head. You're like, two here, three there. I'm like, bro, like, it's yeah. not like Jack here, yeah. Brian. That, you know what I mean? Like, Definitely not that. Definitely not that. I'm thinking, okay, so the older, 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 younger, younger, other side, step, half, et cetera, et cetera. What is growing up in a family like? that like because like i said my family's very small and very white <laughs> uh <sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> well i mean it, you know it, it, it's interesting that you mentioned that because i i find that so true in the in the black community it's just it almost it's the norm but uh to answer your question i mean you know what is it like growing up when you're a kid it's 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 a lot right i mean you have you know my my brother's just kind of an age if i go upward i'm thinking of you know brothers that's two years older than me three years older than me uh, five years older than me, six years older than me, eight years older than me. And in terms of younger, we're talking five years younger than me. And then my sister is 10 years younger than me, 12 years younger than me, 14 years younger than me. So growing up from, let's call it being a kid yourself to really, you know, grade 10, grade 11, grade 12, you're surrounded by kids all your life. Whether it's your younger, whether it's my younger brothers being surrounded by me, whether it's my younger brothers being surrounded by my older brothers who are, who are younger than they are, whether it's me being surrounded by my little brother, whether it's my little brother being surrounded by my little sisters, so it's 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 almost like a never-ending cycle of dealing with children and babies and having responsibilities and changing diapers and playing and babysitting and being responsible for, you know, feeding them and whatnot as, you know, as my parents would work. Um, that, that was limitless. That was, that was, un, you know, that was nonstop that, that, that was happening from the older side of things. It's wanting to be like your older brothers, right? You see them playing basketball, you see them listening to certain music, you see them, you know, doing, you know, uptaking a hobby or playing a video game and you want to join in on that. You see them going out with your friends and you want to join in on that. So it was like, it was a never ending cycle of like, I don't want to call it blind leading the blind, but like kids raising kids in that sense. That's fair. I, when I spoke with Vic, he kind of described a similar thing. Uh, and I asked him what I imagine to be a really difficult question for a lot of people, but he made me feel much better about asking people with big families, which is like, who are you closest with? 
Uh, and the way he explained it to me was like in big families, like it's just, in small families, like you're, it's rude to call somebody a favorite, right? Because you know emotions get hurt yeah. and everything. But in big families, like that's not taboo because there's so many fucking people. Like of course you have favorites and everybody's somebody's favorite, so like it's fine. I'm sure maybe there's like a weird uncle that nobody likes, but sorry to be that guy. Uh, <laughs> but uh, who like who are you closest with? Like out of all those siblings, out of your parents, out of your you know your family, like who who do you have the closest you know, it, relationship with? It's 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 so crazy. I mean that that nowadays is a, is a very hard a, a question to answer. I would say I mean growing up, it would have to be my my brother who was closest in age to me. He was two years older than I was, and I would basically want to do everything that he does. Right. Uh, Up until a point where, of course, you get a little older and you kind of just have your separate interests. I was more of the bookworm. Uh, He wasn't. Uh, And obviously he's (laughs) older than me. And, and, you know, and and, and moving on with his life as he turns the 16s and the 17s of the world, you know, 14 and 15 is a huge difference. So you kind of you kind of grow out of that. Um, and, And we weren't really as close since in that sense. Um, but nowadays my family actually has a very unique dynamic, um, because we're all into the, into the legal tree that exists up in Canada. And, uh, you know, what, what seems to happen nowadays is that we would like all go to my mom's house and we would just be in the same spot doing our thing, just having conversations. So nowadays I hate to have the cop out answer, but the closest nowadays is really all of them or damn near all of them in terms of the ones that, that participate in that. I, right. I so like marijuana will bring everybody together, man. Like <laughs> if I had it exactly, my way, that's it's how crazy because, because <laughs> yes, but, but I'm a, I'm a late bloomer to the game. I'm only like three years in four years in no four, three. Yeah. I'm only like three years into the game of oh, wow, legal okay. treat. I want, I want, I want your listeners to be like, what is he talking about? How, um, how long but, has it been legal there? Uh, it's last year, July. Okay. That's, no, that's what I thought. You pretty much came on with the legalization movement. Uh, I feel like that's happened a exactly, lot. Exactly. Yes. Too. I came up, I came up at a very fortunate time, um, in terms of letting it know, letting it be known that I do it. Um, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a very late bloomer to the game. So I was, I never really felt as connected, so to speak, um, because I wouldn't be in those conversations. Huh. But now that I'm a part of those conversations, it's like, I get it. And that's a that's like a steady yeah. family ritual now. Like when you guys get together for holidays, everybody kind of like seshes out before dinner or something, or like with dessert. I mean, it's just happening at all times. Yeah. Because I mean, we don't do the we don't do the round table. Everyone sit together thing. It's like, hey, food's ready. Every like, let's say we're doing Thanksgiving or something. It's hey, come in, food's ready. Uh, you know, my mom will say a prayer, or she'll make my little sisters do it or something. Um, and then it's everyone grab the plate. It's more of that. It's more of the family gathering. It's more of the cookout type thing. Well, you grab the plate. When you have that eat. many people, there's no way you can like. There is no table for seventy. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, exactly. Work. Right. Just it's a cookout. You 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 know we we all get together to to see the food at the same time, and then you guys do your thing. Cool. 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 I, see, I like that. But I I have a weird relationship with my family, uh, but like. I, and I, 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 I will not speak as to who smokes weed still or who doesn't, because like I'm sure everybody in my family has smoked weed at some point in their lives, but like I, I don't, I don't pretend to know what. Uh, but potentially a sibling or a cousin or two of mine had smoked some weed occasionally at a family gathering. I'm sh- sure maybe that had happened allegedly. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you, like, those are those are some of my allegedly favorite memories of like my like time with my family. You know, what I mean, like you said, those are the best conversations. Those are kind of the times when you get people honest and open about, especially older people. Mm-hmm. It's like, 
it's hard to be honest with younger people, right? Like, if I'm supposed to be your senior, your, especially your family member, your mentor, or whatever, and, like, it's hard for me to be vulnerable and be like, well, you know, back when I was seven years younger than you, here's a way worse life decision I made. Please still respect me as I give you advice for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? Like, that's a hard yeah. thing to, like, get people to do. But, like, and, mm-hmm. I, and yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would like to see more people do that. I, I want to circle back uh, about your brothers. One of your closest in age, you know, from – pretty much birth till about you know middle school end of middle school so you guys are super close what happens then you said mm-hmm. you kind of you know you could be 16 17 that's a bigger gap and i understand that but like what happened yeah i mean you know we we kind of just had a falling out i mean i took really the academic route okay. and he took kind of the the let's call it street route for lack of better words oh. and you know i i'm not of that clock and i just kind of naturally separated from there and I was like, nah, I'm just going to stick to these books. Um, you know, that's when I kind of started, let's call it, forming my own opinion. Okay. Um, whereas prior to that, it was a lot more following going on. But I, I, I saw something in myself. I was doing really well in school, and, and I wanted to stick to that. And, you know, me, he didn't. Let me, I, I, I have so many things I'm curious about in that scenario. Uh, but the one that always sticks out to me is always the dumb question, because that's who I am. Uh what made you know you weren't, like, cut from that cloth? Because I've spent a lot of time around, like, gangster motherfuckers in my life. And, like, I'm sure at some point in my very young youth, like, 13, 14, like, I thought I was built like that. And by, like, 14, 15, like, I had the world figured it out for me that I'm not about that life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what, what oh, like, man. made you know? Like, were you, like, out with your brother, out with somebody on the street, whatever, you saw some shit, and you were just like, nah, this ain't about it, like, it's, it's really weird, man, because I don't know where the kind of inception of that thought came from. But put it this way. I mean, I, I was always aware of where I'm from. And what I mean by that is, you know, yeah, I'm from Rexdale, which is a quote unquote hood in Toronto. Um, yeah, I'm from Rexdale, but I live in the houses. I live in the detached houses. My parents are not rich, but my mom is a nurse. You know, she makes good money. Um, so I knew where I was from. I knew I didn't live in the, in the, you know, in the buildings, uh, the quote unquote projects, if you want to call it, if you want to call it that, I knew I wasn't from there. So I knew kind of like where I was on the totem pole, if that makes sense in terms of at least, uh, societal standards. Um, and I knew I'm not, I'm not going to pretend what's the point of trying to pretend. <laughs> that, that's kind of what I said to myself for, for whatever reason, I just had a very, easy ability to kind of distinguish myself and say i'm not that let me i let me ask you a tough question i guess and uh, i gotta go back to something i meant and we'll get there uh oh, this is tough to phrase i guess you you mentioned kind of the idea of like the societal totem pole right and you you know you know where you're at and you know you had an advantage so like why would you pretend to be going backwards essentially mm-hmm. uh, Mm-hmm. How do you feel about people who like when you how do you feel about people in those lower rungs of the totem pole? Like you say, like I don't want to pretend to be them, but it, like mm-hmm. what like what are your thoughts on I mean them? I, I, I see it are they I, I like are they cool or are they worthy so. of aspiring to be any of those people? Like that I guess that's what feels weird about that. It's like it's like very dismissive mm-hmm. and be like, Well, I would never like I would, I don't want to be one of those people. And it's like, well, there's a lot of great people there. You know what I mean? Like they just yeah, no, of have course, opportunities. Of course. And I'm, 
yeah, and and of course for the for the sake of the show, I'm, I'm simply over, I'm, I'm oversimplifying it. But That's fair. what I'm trying to say is when I when I think about the the socioeconomic status, when I think about kind of the advantages that I have um, from that perspective, um, I say to myself, why would I want to be dismissive of the advantages that I have? I say, why would I want to put those advantages that I have to waste? And what I mean by that again is, you know, having, uh, you know. Yes, I have a lot of siblings, but having a space where I can go home and study and know that nothing is going to be around me from a from an outdoor perspective, knowing that if I go outside, I'm cool, I'm safe, I can walk around in my area at any time of the night, because I'm aware of those areas in which you can't do that. I'm aware of the areas in which you want to go to the convenience store and you're you're kind of holding your breath, looking over your shoulder. Right. So I knew I'm in an area where that doesn't happen. So why would I want to put myself in an area when that do, where that does happen, at least intentionally? No, I mean, right. I, and yes, yeah. anything can happen anywhere. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. No. I mean, again, anything can happen anywhere. Obviously, I know that. But again, I mean, like I said, I have advantages, or I had advantages, and I wasn't gonna put them to waste. That's fair. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. that's largely how I've, like, I, I, <laughs> I would not be alive today if it weren't for the circumstances I was born into. That's for certain, uh, <laughs> for some of the choices mm. that I've made. Uh, but, and that's the thing, I'm, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not street. Yeah, that's <laughs> what what I mean. can I yeah. say? Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's a, a, that's a dangerous life to aspire to, and I wouldn't recommend it for people who don't necessitate that life. Uh, I, I, I put it this way, I, that's not what I was implying. <laughs> I guess I was more so asking, like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like street people get a bad rap because I've met a lot of a lot of the defining influences of my life were street people. Uh, I feel like they're just mm-hmm. like they're they're an opportunity and like one good conversation away from having pretty much the whole world figured out. You know what I mean? Like they got like oh, all, all the real shit and then they just like they can't see the forest absolutely. for the trees sometimes. I don't mean to say they like generalizing a whole group of people, but just like ones in my life no, that I've interacted not. with. And it's like giving me like the greatest wisdom, the greatest advice in my life. And then just mm-hmm. about like very mm-hmm. simple things in life. They're just like, nah, this is the way we do this. We've done this always. And it's like, I get that because mm-hmm. that's how you've like maintained that thing to survive these circumstances. But like, there's no growth in that. And that's where I get stuck. Um, yeah. And again, and that's what I mean. Socioeconomic. Cause the mind is there. Right, and it's it, not the economic status, unfortunately. And that's what that's what's interesting is like in that circumstance, the mind gets applied to survival rather than expansion. And then like I I can't yeah. I can't I'm, I'm not sure which I value more. Like coming from people who understand the need to survive, I have to respect like the struggle and like the effort and the will and the smarts that go into survival. But also like, don't you want to grow? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like would you mm-hmm. would you grow mm-hmm. if you had the opportunity? And I know so many people who have the opportunity and don't grow that it makes me like question that. You know what I mean? Uh right. But and, in, and unfortunately fairness, I know a lot of people that don't really have the opportunity either. Right. And I was gonna say, in fairness, a lot of a lot of people I know with the opportunity to grow and don't aren't people who like quote unquote survive something to get there. You know what I mean? There are people who like got these opportunities and just aren't doing anything with them. Uh, that's yeah, as we yeah. know, commonly the case. Uh, I guess while we're Wasted opportunity, I hate it. While we're on kind of young adulthood and growing up, uh, when do you? I guess when do you have time to make friends when you're in that big of a family? Like, do you have friends when you when you like first gain like a close gang of friends? When does that happen for you? It all happens at school. 
Okay. So, but it, I'm saying, is really that like super happens. young, or, or do you not, are you like mostly hanging out with like your siblings and stuff even at school when you're you know kindergarten, first grade, second grade? Oh no, 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 definitely not. It's it's friends from day one. I don't even oh. remember hanging out with my siblings in school really? at all. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, at all. Um, I mean, because we see each other at home all day. Uh, um, so I guess I mean, <laughs> I'm sure my brother felt it, the same way when it, I was tagging along to him all the time. <laughs> It's funny because it, it was always like an interesting dynamic of like two worlds. Hmm. Um, I knew I had sort of my home life, my family life, and I knew I had my school life. Hmm. Um, so school, you know, I went to the same elementary school my entire life. Now, elementary school is uh, at least some schools in, in Toronto is JK or pre whatever. I don't know what you call it. JK, junior kindergarten, all the way up to eighth grade. Right. So I went to the same school with primarily the same people for what's the math on that 10 years yeah right now yeah we had new people come in at certain years or whatever it may be but you know a lot of the people uh, you know or at least some people were there for a majority of those years at least five or six of those years and so were those I guess, did you establish, like, the same group early on, or was it like, hey, like, you know, I'm friends with these people, then I'm going to fall out, I got new friends, yeah, 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 or, like, some of your lifelong friends, people you met in, you know, junior kindergarten, second grade, fourth grade, something like that? No, actually, funny enough, um, they're more so acquaintances now, just in my life in general. Um, you know, more, my, the friends that I kind of talk to on a day-to-day basis and, and my WhatsApp groups and whatnot, and, and obviously in person, um, they're from high school. A lot of them from high school, um, a few from university, but most are from high school. Okay. Uh, and something I always just like to ask everybody, because I think it says a lot about how you spent your adolescence. What was your, what was your first vice or like bad habit? Like what was the first like trouble you got into? <laughs> trouble. Okay. Well, it doesn't have to be uh, trouble. Like, I don't know. Like but the last guy I talked to uh, said he, he smoked cigarettes, like from the time he was 14 till he was 18. Like his whole, like his family didn't know. And then uh, when he turned 18, okay. He, like, walked into the living room while bed because his whole family were smokers and, like, sat down and just started, like, smoking with them. He's like, well, fuck it. It's legal now. I'm 18. <laughs> exactly. Might as well. Um, I mean, I can't really say I had too many vices. I would probably just say online shit in general. Like, I was addicted to, like, the, the, the pre, like, the Reddit-style chat rooms. You know what I mean? Oh, this um, is the best vice That I've definitely was a phase of my life. How long was this um, phase? When did this phase start? When did this phase end, if it's ended? Ninth, ninth grade is when it started, okay. for sure. Uh, that kind of ties into, like, the MSN days. So you're just used to talking to people like that. Um, <laughs> and then kind of the <laughs> kind of the, the forum days, the early forum days, when it was like, you know, what Facebook is now. Post a topic and talk about it. <laughs> um, I was in the very early days of that. Uh, for, for anyone from Toronto, they would know vibe.to or t.wire.com. Uh, two early day events. It's kind of like MySpace in a sense. Um, you had your profile, whatever, one gun, six bullets in terms of representing your age. Um, and then, yeah, you just did the chat room stuff. So that probably went on from, I mean, did it ever stop? Wait, really? So I gotta Twitter? go back. One <laughs> gun, six bullets. As far as representing your age, is that how you would say you were sixteen? I wouldn't personally, but a lot of profiles that I saw <laughs> were one gun. The gun is obviously ten. Okay. <laughs> and four bullets. <laughs> you know wow, I mean? that is that is the best evolution of 
wannabe online street gangster of the early eras I've heard of. <laughs> I've never even heard One of 5.0. So this shit's like, oh man. All right, so what Listen, is... Listen, man. I'll... Go ahead, man. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, what is like early internet Harris like getting it? Because like the early internet is a weird, weird, weird place. Like, yeah, cool. Like, yes, we can is. joke about, like, it's cool to, like, go look up video game forums or something, but, like, early internet was just nothing but fucking weirdos trying to, like, sell you shit or, like, kidnap children or, like, talk about fucking bands you hadn't heard of on the other side of the country. So, like, what was early internet Harris? Early internet Harris, man, it was, uh, I'm not going to lie to you, it's not that far off. Um, I've always been someone that has been more on the political correct side. Um, I've, I've, I've always been somebody who makes a lot of jokes, very sarcastic about things, dry humor, uh, dry sarcasm. Um, yeah, I'm not going to lie. There's not that many changes. There really isn't. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Uh, knowing who you are, that's probably a good thing. Knowing who I was when I was younger, I'm glad I changed. Uh, <laughs> uh... <laughs> The thing I usually ask people to follow up about what their fir- their first vice was was who introduced you to it. So like, who told you about all the like the weird, dark, you know, fucking chat rooms and forum boards of the internet? Who who like introduced you to any of that? You you uh, sometimes you learn by observation. Um, we okay. My 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 family life is very interesting. So we had one computer with multiple brothers. That was going to be my next follow-up. Uh, like 20 fucking siblings. <laughs> I can't imagine you had more than maybe two computers. Maybe. Oh, man. So at, at a certain point, we had like 30-minute intervals on the computer, right? Like you, whoever was up next, so if, if my turn was at 5.30, I would have to be responsible for letting you know that it is now 5.30 and it is now my turn. You would then have to get up I would be on it from 5.30, and then the next person who's on it at 6 would have to then say, yo, you're five minutes left. You know what I mean? Like, your time's done now. <laughs> so <laughs> this is priceless. So when I say learn by observation, I mean, like, we were very addicted to video games and videos and computers and TVs. And that's probably the first true vice. Um, but, we, again, we never stopped that. Um, but... You know, we got very into that kind of stuff. So when I say learn by observation, I would just see what my older brothers were doing. <laughs> and I would see chat rooms being a part of that. And when I say chat room, I don't mean like, uh, I don't know, what's those like random ones called where you get matched with an individual? Like, I don't mean no, like that. I mean, like, yeah, forum, yeah. like forum-like conversation. The, the, the um, one big room with like 30 fucking random screen names and everybody's anonymous. Yeah, more like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More like that or more like, again, more like present day Facebook forums. Like you just, you see a topic, you see 34 replies to it and you scroll them. Yeah, like a, like a Yahoo Answers board or something like that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So it's just learn by observation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not much has changed, which is scary. That is fair. Uh, I want to transition out of kind of uh, adolescence and growing up you and into current you. Uh, but before I do that, I want to ask one last question, which I leave for the last question so that I can give credit where credit is due. I steal this question from It's The Real because I think it's a really good question. And it gives a nice little slice of American life uh, as we interview people from all over the country. And in this case, uh, even Canada. So who is the most famous person to graduate from your high school? Or not graduate, maybe just attend. 
Uh, not everybody famous graduates. Has famous it. person to attend my high school. Yeah. Damn. This is your chance to wrap this up. I'm going to give a shout out to my guy. Uh, hmm, let me think here. Let me just think about this for three seconds before I shout out my guy because he's pretty big in Toronto. That's fine. Um, if, if there's somebody in particular you want to use this moment to shout out, I'm all for giving press to good people who are doing good things. So you're, you're, you're happy to commandeer the segment for that purpose if you'd like. You know what? This 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 guy's pretty damn big. He's a, he's a dancer. He's a choreographer. Um, he's danced for. Oh man, I gotta I gotta go back on his YouTube to see exactly who he's danced for. But his name is Busy Boom. Uh, he went to my high school. Uh, his Instagram name again is Busy Boom. That's B I Z Z Y B O O M. Um, yeah, man, and and you know he actually went to my elementary school and my high school. Um, so we, we've known each other for, for quite a while now. Um, you know, we don't really talk on a daily basis anymore, but we're, we're definitely brothers, man. Um, but he's big. He, he ended up dancing for a few, few mis, uh, famous names. Uh, he, his name has been out there a little bit. He's, you know, a little bit of a Toronto celebrity in that sense. Um, yeah, off top of the head, I'm going to go with him. I feel like dance celebrity is a weird type of celebrity because it's like, oh, I know you from where again? And it's like, oh, you like you know me from the background of like 14 of your favorite videos and like tours you've gone yeah. to. Like when I, have you ever watched that show World of Dance? Have you seen this show? Uh, it's a, it's a dance, no, it's no, a dance competition ahead. show on NBC. Uh, but uh, you know, it's a lot of very famous dancers because, you know, a million. I watch content. Dance Life on MTV. Uh, so it, they're, you know, they had that, they had uh, America's Best Dance Crew back in the day. Like, there's been a few of them. But every once oh, yeah, in a while, yeah, yeah. Like, you'll see all these big crews or, like, famous dancers who come out because the prizes are so big. And so the first year of World of Dance, a group called Lay Twins won. And then, like, they were, like, throughout oh, the yeah. season, they would just, like, reveal some of the, like, performances they'd done previously. And I'm like, why are you on, like, this NBC talent show? And it's like, oh, they were just on tour with Rihanna. They toured with Beyonce for, exactly. like, seven <laughs> straight tours. I'm like, what are you doing here? Uh, like dance celebrities are, like, yeah, like you shouldn't be eligible you're overqualified that, I'm saying but it's dope because then you're watching like that level of dance and you're just like holy shit like I, I I know some good dancers I have some friends who are professional dancers and then there are people like fucking busy boom who make me want to stay home and never attend a wedding ever again you know what I mean <laughs> like <laughs> uh, and so hey man they, they're out there exactly all right, uh, I'm going to take a quick break here, and we'll be right back with the second half, get into some career stuff, get into some life aspiration stuff, and my favorite segment, Random People. We'll be right back. one of those people. We are back, and like I 
I said, I wanted to jump in uh, to a conversation a little bit more about some of those labels and, uh, I guess for lack of a better term, identity. Uh, obviously, you're black, you're from Toronto, you're black Canadians, I know very few of, so I, I, I want to ask you about that. But also about being a creator, about being a financial planner, and just a financially literate millennial, which seems to be less and less of us out there. Uh, I, and I also know you're something of a teacher and an educator, even if that's just kind of in your, in your personal kind of vision and mission of how you approach life. Uh, kind of something of a, a, a personal development guru. Uh, for lack of a better term. Yeah. So I, I guess out of all of those, uh, you know, what do you introduce yourself as when you meet somebody when you, you know, Hey, I'm Matt, like I'm a what? It, it really goes down to which environment I'm in. Um, more times than not. Shoot. That's a good question. Damn. Um, you know what? I mean, I, I've, I've kind of separated the professional from the personal life. When it's the personal life, it's podcasting. When it's the professional life, obviously, it's the profession. And so, True North Views has been around for a while. You guys are, what, 60 episodes in, 70 episodes in, something like that? Episode 65 just dropped on whatever. I don't know what you're, <laughs> you're releasing this, but uh, yeah, I was gonna <laughs> episode, say this. episode 80. I've, That's uh, us, 80 episodes in. So you guys have been at it for a while. Uh how I guess how'd you first decide to get into podcasting and then more importantly I guess to to my curiosity is when did you start telling people in your personal life like when did that become part of your identity when did that become how you introduce mm. yourself that's interesting because I kind of started to actively think about that myself um but going to the first part of your question it was all Shola's idea um, so again, shout out to Shola, just Shola. He's a co-host of the True North Views podcast. Um, it was his idea. I've actually never listened to podcasts, uh, prior to that. And uh, wait, he, you, you know, recorded a podcast telling, without having ever listened to a podcast before. Well, I mean, leading before we released, I got into the podcasting game, but, um, but prior to that, you were prior just out. To that, like, let's say, let's say six months before that. I never listened to a podcast a day in my life. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I did way so, too much research so I, before I, I got this off the ground. I'm an idiot. Uh, <laughs> done, uh, I, I had saw clips of, of the Joe Rogan podcast. So, I mean, I was aware of what a podcast was. Yeah. Um, I didn't even listen to really the Joe Budden podcast at that time, although I knew it existed. Um, but like, you know, different things. Like I, did, I didn't really listen to it. So Shola basically says, yo, this podcasting stuff there's a few of them you should listen to man like and i'm like okay true 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 um you know some of the like some of the first podcasts that i listened to uh Jesus and Miro was i think the very first one that i listened to uh, brilliant idiots um it was the second one that i listened to and then from there you kind of just like build your own world and eventually it gets to flagrant two and eventually it gets to joe button podcast and eventually it gets to nico grimes and you know, a few other personalities and you now all of a sudden you're in the podcasting world. Mm. Um, but, you know, going backward a little bit. So he said, yo, you should listen to this. And I was probably listening for about uh, two months or so. And I would say he kept saying, yo, I want to start a podcast. I want to start a podcast. I'm thinking about doing a podcast. Not really I'm thinking about it, but it would be cool if I had a podcast type thing. And I don't even really know what, made me obsessed over that thought i think i just really love change like not change i think i really love innovation mm. and i really love when people are striving towards things 
Um, so he's like, yo, I want to do a podcast. And I kind of got into the idea of doing it from him saying that. And I'm like, yo, let's do one. Well, it was his idea to do one. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all about it. Let's, 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 let's go for it. And so what are the, what are those early, you said, no, go ahead. Sorry. No, it's funny because you said you did a whole bunch of research prior to that. I promise you, I probably did just as much research as you. Like <laughs> I really started studying. I started studying voice inflection. I started studying how Angie Martinez talks to people and how she carries a conversation. I started studying Charlemagne. I started studying Joe Budden. Joe Rogan. I started just looking at everything from their facial expression to how they pause after they say something to how they ask questions to uh, microphone control to radio show, everything. I really started to obsess over, I don't, I, again, for whatever reason, it just became something that I wanted to master the same way I would want to with boxing or the same way I would want to in the professional world it just became something that I started looking up like an animal. Like I started looking up, okay, what's the best microphone at the budget level, at the expensive level, at the high level? Do we need a mixer? Can we just use it? I started looking at everything. And then we, we hadn't even started yet. Out of curiosity, what did you, what did you guys record that first podcast with? Just for the, all the per- podcast nerds listening at home. Like what, what equipment did In you settle of, on? For uh, like, equipment? Yeah. Like day, like day one, episode one, how, how janky was this set up? Okay, well, let's, let's, let's actually do a, a layer on top of that for the listeners. The same exact equipment we used on episode zero is the same exact equipment we use now. Um, for, for, for those listening, go listen to episode zero. Trash quality. <laughs> episode five, trash. I think we were super trash all the way up until like 20. Um, I even remember we had episode number 13, uh, where we had Save On. Shout out to the Joe Budden podcast. Shout out to Need to Know podcast. Uh, we had Save On come, come to the house and do an episode. And it was only after we recorded, and we were so amateur at this. It was 13 episodes in. We forgot to take a picture. <laughs> uh, so we have no visual proof that this ever happened. Um, <laughs> you just and- got some guy who says he's Save On on a mic. <laughs> well, yeah, but no visual proof. That yeah, that's happened. what I mean. Yeah. It could be a phone call. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Uh, could be, like you said, like you said, everyone could be save on at that point. Um, and then we listened back to the audio. We were like, fuck, he's way louder than we are. And we didn't know how to fix it. So we said, you know what? We're just going to release it. It is what it is. Um, but week over week over week, we started to really perfect our sound, perfect the, uh, the, the settings on the applications that we're using, um and, and just learning that craft but again to answer your question uh the microphones that we use were the blue yeti microphones all right good choice good choice um the, the recording software that we used was uh, or is audio hijack okay and that's kind of it <laughs> just to let you all know at home how how life. easy podcasting really is i need two blue yetis yeah. uh yeah. and garage band hijack audacity etc and uh we downloaded an app or we bought an app off the app store it was like five dollars it's called podcast soundboard and you just put different mp3 files in there and that's how you get the back home smoking legal <laughs> i was curious what you guys use for drops uh so okay so you get it off the ground you guys figure out all the equipment you figure out what you're doing 
you start to figure out, you know, some segments, you guys are getting your personalities down and everything. Like I said, I, I, I listen fairly frequently. I'm a pretty big fan. Uh, how long does it take before you're telling other people? Like, I, I you know, I, obviously I do this too. So I know like kind of early on, mm-hmm. you're like, Hey, like you know, I have this podcast thing. I'm sort of doing it. And it's like, you know, mm-hmm. the thing I yep. might, uh, might be kind of cool. Man. And now you're like, you're probably showing up on another podcast being like, I am a podcaster. Interview me about my podcasting like endeavors. So when does that, when's like the first time you feel like, nah, like this is, you know, I'm, I'm about this. I tell people about this. This is something that's like uh, an important part of what I'm doing and what my life's about right now. I, I guess to, to pivot back to what you said earlier, yeah. this, this is some, some version of how I'm finding peace. To some degree. And, and what I'm doing right now, as you're, as you're saying this, I'm looking at our list of episodes um, because that's just how I'm basing the time nowadays. Um, I would say, you know, a, a part of that was episode number 13, which I said, uh, again, we had Savon uh, on there. That's still our most listened to episode to date. Um, after, after that episode, our next like five or six episodes had a really good amount of listeners to them. Mm. Um, and that was around the same time we were starting to learn how to actually have a better sound quality. Uh, and we do some really interesting measures to do that. Um, but that's how we, that's when we started to have a better sound quality. And from then, I guess really just having the regular good episodes, the regular retweets from different personalities or celebrities, um, and, and just kind of having that momentum going, we're probably looking 25, 26 episodes in. So you're talking pretty much a half year. Mm six months into podcasting is, is, but at that point I had said to people, yeah, I do this. <laughs> and uh, you don't have to disclose if you don't want to, but what are, what are those numbers looking like before like that tipping point? When you, when you say like, we're doing like decent numbers, we feel pretty okay about telling people about this. Is that like, Hey, we're, we're breaking 50 an episode finally, or we're we breaking like a couple thousand or it's somewhere in between. Or uh, I mean, I definitely know. not in the thousand game. I wish Jesus. Um, um, but don't we all put it this way? I'm trying to think on uh, SoundCloud as well. I don't have SoundCloud up in front of me, but the total amount of listens that we have for that Savon episode is probably about eight, nine hundred. Okay. Um, roughly. Prior to that episode, we weren't even touching thirty. So that that was like <laughs> that that changed everything. You went from like thirty to like a, a steady, you know, even just like a buck twenty, buck thirty on like a rough episode. Uh, and it's like, yeah, okay, and like from cool. There, I, we started I, hitting like some solid numbers, yeah. and we're like, whoa, people actually stuck around, and, right? And and again, just continuing to study the game, continue to studying other personalities, uh, the Charlemagnes of the world, the Andrew Schultz of the world, et cetera, et cetera. We just felt like our sound just kept getting progressively better and better and better, tying that into the quality sounding better as well, just uh, like the literal quality of it. it. It really started to feel natural at that point. It didn't feel like a task anymore. So you mentioned your co-host, Shola, and obviously it originally was him kind of being like, hey, like I'm trying to start a podcast. You guys get together, you decide to start the pod. You mentioned uh, Joe Biden, you mentioned Charlamagne, you mentioned Andrew Schultz. Who... I guess, are those like the key influences in getting you into podcasting or was there like someone else in your life or someone else in media or something where you looked and were like, that's, that's the kind of thing I could see myself doing. Like who, nope, influ- who influenced 100% you? the personalities. 
hundred percent the personalities. It was yeah, it was it was Rogan, it was Charlemagne, it was Joe Budden, and who, it was who do you, uh, again Andrew Schultz by way. Who do you ahead. most model yourself after? Would you say? Like, what's like the See, style of you guys' podcast for people for people at home who haven't heard it? Very tough a question to answer nowadays. I would say very early on, and this is going to sound like a silly answer. Um, very early on, I tried to do what Charlemagne was doing on Brilliant Idiots um, to some degree, mm-hmm. and what Jesus was doing on obviously Bodega Boys and uh, the the actual show. What's it called again? Uh, Jesus and Meryl Show. Wow, yeah. <laughs> wow. Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah. So I would say uh, uh, some kind of hybrid between Jesus and Charlemagne. Like, Jesus is very quick-witted, very dry humor. Like, you got to rewind what he says sometimes to really catch it. And then Charlemagne just being very vulnerable, you know, like when he kind of went on that book release kind of press run, if you want to call it that, just being very vulnerable, willing to speak about himself um, and, and, and making yourself vulnerable in order to learn about others and other people's lives. Um, I, I really saw the value of both aspects of it. And then you mix in Joe Rogan and Joe Budden, who are like the only two people I can listen to for three hours. Yeah. So I mean, how do they do that? <laughs> Joe Joe Rogan has um, a has a special thing going over there. I can't figure that out to save my life. Like Rogan, it, yeah. man, at one point he was touching four hours, and I was listening. Yeah. To all four hours. Uh, uh, I forget. So I, I think it was the, the Alex Jones interview. I listened to front to back, and it was like three forty. I think it was just like yeah, and it was it was interesting the entire time same thing with uh elon musk it's it's funny because it kind of reflects in the length of our episode as well Mm. um so at one point uh like we like we recently um tweeted our our greatest hits uh the greatest hits thread and that was an opportunity for me to look back and kind of reflect on on everything that was so actually this this phone call is uh, perfect for that um but where was i going with that Oh no, shit, 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 shit. Lost my train of thought there. I just got a, another call. <laughs> uh, what was that? <laughs> wow, my mind just completely went blank there. Okay, but no, again, going back, our, our longest episode was two hours and 50 minutes. I don't know when we thought we were that compelling. Two hours um, and 15 minutes? Two hours and five zero. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll be um, honest with you. My my first podcast endeavor at a show called Late to Work, uh, like two or three years ago, uh, and yeah, like our first several in, several episodes were like two and a half, two forty five, two ten, and then like my girlfriend like sat me down around like episode nine, and she's like, "Listen, I love you. I'm trying to support you, and you guys are pretty good, but I can't do two hours, what? and nobody else can either. Yeah. Like nobody knows who you are, and nobody gives and- a shit. Like." <laughs> Cut this shit to like an hour twenty, and, and that maybe. was a weird. Uh, that was a weird realization for me because my world was Budden and Rogan, so that was kind of the norm for me, and I was like kind of the one pushing the the podcast to be a little bit longer. Uh, we don't like record for a set amount of time; we just press record and and stop when we stop. Mm. Um, and you know, at that point, people had said the same thing: like, "Man, this shit is long, boy." I'll tell you that much. <laughs> so like whenever I would ask people how is it it's like man it's long I'm like okay I think that's a sign well and, and that's the thing you started talking to all your friends and it's like so many people I would talk to would listen to my podcasts and they would, they would tell me it's like oh I love your podcast and I'd be like oh like which one did you like blah 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 and they would only reference things from the first 40 minutes of any episode 
I'd never heard anyone talk to me about anything that happens in the second half of an episode. Uh, and so I was just like, uh-huh. oh, duh. <laughs> Nobody's getting there. Yeah. Because, like, who, who has a two-hour two commute? You know what I mean? Like, who, who has two exactly. hours to listen to a podcast ever except for Joe Budden and Joe Rogan fans? And my name is not Joe. <laughs> yeah, neither is mine. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's really learning on the fly, even to this day. Um, you know, we, we, try to, we try to shorten the episode, but somehow, some way, we go to an hour 40 every time. <laughs> well, in the interest of time, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit here, and I'll ask uh, one of my preferred questions to ask people. Uh, what's your favorite part about being a podcaster? Like, what should, just like, obviously I haven't been at, like, super, super long, but it's obviously, you know, the biggest creative endeavor you're undertaking now and, you know, a big portion of kind of what you're interested in is captivating your life. So, like, what's your favorite part mm-hmm. about it? My favorite part about it, I think, is the, the community feel. Um, I think the community feel can stretch anywhere from in person to online. And I think it can be, you know, just as effective in both scenarios, right? Like like you said, and, and I very much feel the same way. You and I have had like a very weird connection where it's like, I feel like I know this guy. Meanwhile, if you take all the time combined that we've had conversation, it's probably 15 minutes, <laughs> right? So it's like this weird connection that you get just from a retweet or a responded tweet or whatever it may be and it kind of builds that i, I want to be gender neutral i don't know the gender neutral way of saying this but it kind of builds a brotherhood mm-hmm. in that sense um and and it, you really get that feeling online and in person what's really great about it is you know one thing i'm starting to do is go to a lot more local events like open mics and whatnot and toronto has an immense amount of talent it's ridiculous. Shout out to Rise. Uh, they're, they're so dope. Uh, they have an open mic every Monday. And going to something like that, it, it, it kind of creates for a natural way to be intrigued and interested in the art forms that are going on. And I can look at someone and say, wow, you're really dope. Not to say be on my podcast, but it's like, wow, you're really dope. I hope you don't mind. I highlighted you on the podcast that I have because I really appreciate your art. So just to kind of have those different experiences, to kind of be listening and looking at things with a little bit more of an attentive eye, as well as sort of having that community feel to it, it's it's awesome. And, and it's really in the in the infant stages of, of what it can be. And uh, it, it feels really good. You know, I, I say to people all the time, like, the moment I decide to hop on a Greyhound, I can feature on at least five or six podcasts right now, hmm. at least. You know what I mean? So it's like, how is that connection going on so much that I feel like I can say that? It's because of that sense of community. So I I really appreciate that. And again, in person, it's such a natural conversation to say to someone, wow, you're really dope. I appreciate your art. I'm highlighting you. I'm not asking you for anything. I just want to let you know I'm highlighting you. And now on their end, it's like, holy shit, this is genuine. Right. I think it's uh, a similar thing, and obviously a lot of them have their own podcast, so I'm, I'm sure that's part of how it carried over. Uh, but from a lot of them I talked to, it seems very similar to the comedy community, where it's like, hey, I might have I might have checked you out for, you know, I, I was in some city and I saw a set you did, or I saw a joke or two online somewhere, and it's like, hey, I just want to let you know, like, I thought you were funny, like, I see you. And, like, you hear stories mm-hmm. like that from mm-hmm. comedians, as, you know, the world over, who, you know, Russell Peters pops into an open mic one night and it's just like, oh, like, the that was a great joke and just like that's a world changing moment or somebody you know Andrew Schultz tweets about somebody and all of a sudden you know uh, you know their special gets an extra 50,000 views and it's that same yeah. sort of 
you know, what gender neutral fraternity sorority or whatever of podcasters is kind of similar to that one of comedians. I think what's interesting is podcasts are obviously so much more diverse. So it's like, you know, not every podcast is comedy. Right. And so like you have podcasts that cover mm -hmm. so many different styles and ideas. And yet there's still kind of like a, a, a hat tip nod wave, whatever kind of like, mm -hmm. that's we're all in this together. It. I think it's that hat tip effect. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think that's what it is. I think you, because, you know, as a, like you said, it, there's so many things. There's so, it's such a diverse range of topics, but it's like, you have that tipping of the hat to whatever aspect it may be. It could be the sound quality. It could be right. the wittiness of a, of a, of a, of a host. It could be the consistency of the podcast. It could be the topic. It could be the subject matter. There's yeah. so many different things that you can tip your hat at. And it's just like, like you said, I see you, I see you doing your thing and it builds that mutual respect and you kind of have that, you know, mutual respect going for each other. And it, you feel like, you know, the person, even if you don't, and, and that's a sense of belonging and that makes people feel good. Oh. And I look at it as well as an opportunity to say, like, if I'm pushing you, if I say, yo, I see you and I genuinely mean it, obviously this is all based on being genuine. Mm. Hey, how do I know this is not, 13 weeks in a, uh, in a row of you having less and less and less listens. And you're like, man, should I really give up? And then you hear the one time, yo, I see you, your shit is crazy. It's nice. I love it. Keep doing your thing. I'm a fan. And that keeps you going. Right. So I, I do think about that as well. Um, but again, it, it, it all has to be genuine in my opinion. So what do you, obviously you've had a, a number of those kind of interactions to come up with that answer. What is, What's kind of been your favorite moment so far of like this ride of like trying to figure out like, Hey, like I've, I think this is something I really want to make like a, a big portion of my life. What, what's been your favorite moment from that? My favorite moment. Um, I would say my favorite moment is going to sound a little abstract again. My favorite moment is really just kind of being recognized by some bigger names. Um, and the recognition is not like, hey, Matthew, I see you, or hey, Harris, I see you. It's just, you know, a retweet or uh, a response to something or whatever it may be. Um, even even having an interview with Savon, like that's one degree away from Joe Button. That's a million listener platform every single week. You know, let's say at one point that connection ended up happening and we get to where we want to be. I guess what I'm trying to say with that is, it made me kind of realize how normal, quote unquote, this all is. It's really just people kicking it and having a conversation when it's done genuinely. And those are the podcasts that I really tend to lean towards is the ones that feel natural. And it made me realize that I can actually do this the same way they're doing it. In fact, I feel like I do it better than some of the people that get a lot of listeners. I, I think right? so it's like it really made me feel like I'm okay at this I'm decent at this um it could really happen in in the right eyes I I think why people tend to gravitate towards podcasts and obviously I have a, a bias as somebody who hosts podcasts and listen to an absurd amount of them but it's like this authentic voice of the people of the internet you know what I mean? Like, there's not another media source that I can tune into that I can pretty much find anyone that I'm interested in seriously. Like, I go find them on the internet, on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or wherever else on the internet, their website, and I can almost always find a podcast where I can get an hour of them explaining a little bit of who they are. 
Uh, and like part of the reason I started this podcast is that I think you get too narrow a slice of those people instead of a broader vision of them. And that's what I like to do here. Mm-hmm. But generally, like there's a podcast that will kind of give you a, a, a decent picture of most people you want to follow or are inspired by. Uh, and I think even for the people who aren't on that level, right, they don't have you know, millions and millions of followers, but they are just somebody with like something good to say. It is one of the more democratizing platforms of voice for the Internet. Uh, especially in long form as we get like smaller and smaller snippets, right? It's like the only time I listen Very to somebody true. speak for more than 30 minutes is usually on a podcast. I won't watch that on a video. I won't listen to that in person if I don't dis- if I don't like really agree with you. Uh, and so like that's that's the time is the podcast and I think it's an important kind of medium for the future. Uh, Absolutely. Agreed. I guess I, I do want to wrap up here for a little bit of the sake of time, uh, but I do like to give people the opportunity because we went through a lot of the labels that, you know, specifically being a creator, but a lot of the other labels that kind of apply to your life uh, and ask about people you don't particularly like. Uh, and so I'd ask you this kind of before the interview and you gave me a very long list. Uh, I'm going to let you pick one here and then we're going to chat about that a little bit, but you gave me extremists, conservatives, people who don't like to pay taxes People who would like to speak rather than to be heard, speak speak to be heard rather than to converse. Uh, people who don't know how to have conversation and white people. Uh, so, I, all of these are very hot takes. All of these, I'm sure, will pile lots of people up. But when I say it bluntly, it sounds even worse. Why don't you like white people, bro? Listen, man. Um, listen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I can I'm hear your Nazi butthole here. clenching um, as we speak. <laughs> um, man, obviously, obviously not all, not all white people. I, you know, I, I should specify. He yeah. wrote white people, which is internet for the wrong kind of white people. Amanda Seals has this whole yes. bit on there are white people and there are people yes. who happen to be white. And like to me, there's a third category. There's white people, then there's white people, then there's people who happen to be white. And like, I don't actually even have a problem with white people. I love people who have no. to be white. I don't have a problem with white people. I just have a problem with white people. So what is your W-Y-P-I-P-O. problem with those folks? W-Y-P-I-P-O. W-Y-P-I-P-O. So with, yes. Um, the Tommy Lawrence of the world. Uh, yes. Um, I mean, it, 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 it really goes into the kind of uh, conservative mentality. It goes into the somewhat extreme mentality. Um, anyone that's just intentionally ignorant Hmm. or willfully ignorant, I think people who are willfully ignorant are terrible. Um, I hate willful ignorance. And I find that the WIPIPO are willfully ignorant to say, no, black issues don't exist. Uh, that was a long time ago. Get over it. Yada, 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 yada. We like, let you oh, be here. We've my. done so much for you. Et cetera, my et goodness. Oh, infuriating. Infuriating. I can't even really like put the words together. It's just infuriating. Hmm. Um, that's the best way to put it. Um, but I do want to highlight people who speak to be heard rather than to converse. Okay. Those people drive me nuts as well. Why? I think the world, like I've, I've had a lot of really existentialist crisis crises recently, and they've all been around the thought of 
what the digital age is turning life into, everyday life into. Mm. And I think the like on Twitter and the retweet on Twitter and the multiple likes on Instagram and whatnot, I think it creates a mentality where people think that's the regular way to communicate. I think they think it's like, I say something, react. It's not, I say something, let's have a conversation about it. I I guess, so yeah, that's what I want to push back on, I guess, a little bit. Like, isn't it though? Like, isn't that how people communicate now? It's not like, uh, like the methods of communication will always change. Like we don't speak the King's English or Mm -hmm. whatever the equivalent is for French for you fucking Canucks up there. Uh, <laughs> sorry, is Canucks, is, are Canucks, is that a slur? Is that like a rude thing to say? I say that like colloquially as a joke, but I don't know if that's like bad. So if that's bad, let me know. No. Okay. Uh, no, not at all. But like, obviously we speak very differently now than they did 600 years ago or 200 years ago or even 20 years ago. Uh, and so mm-hmm. isn't that like, I guess my question is like, is the evolution of communication necessarily bad? Like I, I, as somebody who grew up in a different style of communication, it is bad for me. It is not the way that I like to communicate. Mm-hmm. But if that is the language in which I, I guess, people who are I guess 15 that's communicate. The way I, would put it. I guess that's the way I would put it is that it's, it's bad for me. I think that I think speaking should be about conversation. I think if you're willing to say something, you at least should be willing to listen to the other side, even if you don't agree with it. You don't have to agree with it. It doesn't have to change the way you think at all but at least listen to it rather than becoming louder, which is basically what Twitter is, right? It's not people being receptive to things. It's people doubling down and being louder and putting things in all caps and, you know, following it up with a meme, like a get the hell out of here or something. See, right? I, don't, so I, I mean, I, they, I, I agree that's like the, the general Twitter pool, but I also think Twitter, like there are a lot of useful parts of Twitter. I don't think that's all of Twitter, but also... Yeah. Oh, no, I love Twitter. But oh, like, I, I'm on Twitter every day. Oh, obviously, but like... A, for the sake of like internet communication in general being like shorter, swifter, more punctual, uh, mm-hmm. uh I, I guess sometimes definitely more, uh, I can think aggressive and combative. Uh, but I don't necessarily know that that's like you said, like that's bad for people like me and you like to have conversations, but I don't know that that's necessarily mm-hmm. bad for communication. Like, I think if you were, if you make yourself known exactly like where you stand on things, I, I think that's a good place to start a conversation. Now, whether or not those people are willing to have a conversation is a different thing, but mm-hmm. the, pe- the people who are speaking to be heard first and to listen second, I don't, I have a tough time faulting them because it's not like you have a podcast, right? Like, did you start a podcast to listen or to right. be heard? Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, I, well, I mean, of course, there, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm, I'm saying, I guess the reaction to that, Right. So, yeah, obviously, if you say something, it's because you want to be heard. Why, why else would you tweet it? Right. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. it's like the personal journal or something. Um, so, yeah, you're right. It's, you you say it. And, I, and of course, I'm talking about real life and digital life. I'm talking about kind of digital life mm. becoming one with real life. If you oh, want to call sure. yeah. it that. I, I, I don't, I don't um, think there's any separation anymore. I, I'm exactly. Mitch Gaines yeah. to as many people in my real life as I am on the Internet. And Gaines is not my last name. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I get wedding <laughs> invites to Mitch Gaines that's funny that's funny so again it's like there's nothing wrong with speaking to be heard Mm. absolutely nothing wrong with that but it's how do you react to that when somebody else also has something to say about what you said Mm. so the the people who want to be heard but don't want anyone to disagree with them and then like shut you down and say that's it fake news that's not real it's it's almost like it's, it's 
it's the Trumps, it's the Tommy <laughs> Lawrence of the world. It's you know, it's just I'm gonna. It's the say extremists, something. the white people. <laughs> hey, listen, it's all one. <laughs> well, as you see, it, it <laughs> as you see, it all kind of forms into one, um, and and that's yeah, in a nutshell. Let me, that's what grinds my gears. Let me ask you a, a final question on those people, and I guess it's a series of questions. Uh, yep. But regardless which one of them we take, whether that's extremists or conservatives or white people or people who d- like to speak rather than be heard or rather than converse, like, are those people redeemable? Or, like, are they worthy of dignity? Are they worthy of rights? Like, what rights? Do they have resources? Like, what's, like, what value do those people have? I think, I mean, you know, everyone should have that equality in terms of access to resources. Absolutely. I think for them, they are redeemable to me the moment they're willing to not be willfully ignorant. Hmm. Right. So you can be just unaware of something. You can just completely be ignorant to something, not know that's what it is. And then you see it or you experience it. Like, let's say, for example, this is probably a good way to, to draw it out. ASAP Rocky, right? So a lot of people are saying, forget that guy. He said what he said. I think he still deserves to be free. I think what, he, what happened to him was still very unjust. Uh, and I think he should have that opportunity to be able to come back and be like, yo, I get it now. Now, if he comes back and says, Man, I don't care about none of that stuff. I'm, I'm, I, I made it free. I'm back now. I'm back with the jiggy shit. Da 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 da. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, you're really willfully ignorant, and you just, <laughs> you know what I mean. So, how far do you go in terms of redeemable? I don't know the answer to that, but I think everyone has the ability to eventually wake up and eventually open their eyes and eventually be willing to receive information as much as they're willing to give information and i think that's really what it comes down to i like that sentiment so much i'm going to give you some free air time here what is what is the thing you feel like people aren't paying enough attention to like what do you feel like when you say open their eyes or people willfully ignorant like what is the thing you run into the most ignorance around that like you wish more people you know read read a fucking article or any book or listened to something on and just like Mm -hmm. understood more about I wish people were more aware of what's going on in the world. Um, I'm gonna. Well, you know, that's if I fucking to vague. You want to narrow that thing. down a little bit, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm narrowing it further. That's funny. Um, <laughs> I I would say I'm I'm gonna sound like a friggin' politician. Jesus. Um, I'm gonna say climate change, man. That shit is scary. Climate change and data gate. Okay. I wish people were aware of. We gotta, um, stop, we gotta stop calling it data gate if people are gonna fucking take us seriously about it. But yes, I agree with that. It's true. <laughs> I wish people were aware of how their data is being used. Mm. Yes, it they have it anyway. We get it. It doesn't mean you willfully give it away in that sense. Mm. Um, at least without some form of control. Uh, I wish people were more aware of what's going on in the world uh, and the fact that you know in Toronto. I don't remember the last time it rained normally. It's either been a heavy downpour leading to flooding or it's been like rain for five minutes and literally sunny 30 seconds later. You know what I mean? So things like that, I just wish people were more aware of and people were less joking of. Um, that, that, would, that would change a lot of things, I think. 
I, I would tend to agree with you. I guess on, on those two points, uh, before we jump into our final segment here, I'll give a couple quick recommendations for all of our podcast fans at home, because obviously I, uh, you are listening to this podcast, a podcast with another podcaster. I assume you probably like podcast things. Uh, you should check out uh, Why Is This Happening, which is a podcast hosted by Chris Hayes from MSNBC. Uh, put your politics aside for a second. He's a pretty decent journalist. Uh, but the podcast itself is, you know, whatever, it's fairly slanted. But the episode you should check out is his uh, sit-down with Jay Inslee, presidential candidate uh and he covers kind of the i guess the political side of what is possible and rational to do about climate at least here in america uh he also sits down with uh it was uh, i wish i could remember that guy's name now but he wrote a bo- he essentially wrote a book on the climate crisis on current status and uh, it was a very apocalyptic interview but that one's probably about a year back or so so i'd recommend both of those uh and i would also check out there's a podcast called uh irl in real life obviously called irl uh by mozilla the people who make the firefox browser uh and they cover a lot of really like helpful data security things and stories kind of in that sphere uh and do so in a way that's like quick and punchy and fun uh and their episodes are like 30 minutes or less for the most part uh, it's a good way to stay educated on those things and not be willfully ignorant. Uh, so hopefully that is helpful. Oh, very well-versed podcaster you are. I, I try to be. I listen. I am subscribed to I think currently seventy-two podcasts, uh, and I probably listen to about forty of those on a regular basis and pop into the other ones. Uh, so I, I I try to be I, I'm I try to be a good fan, man. I'm f- friends with a lot of podcasters. I got to listen to a lot of shit. That's kind of how it goes. That's what I do instead of read. Uh, <laughs> We're going to take a quick break here, and then we'll be right back, and we'll jump into Random People, which is my favorite segment of this podcast. fuck are these people? Shut up. This is my favorite part of the podcast. Internet. Are you ready? It's time for random people. We are back, and despite all the random background noise you were getting on my end that I apologize for because they're decidedly deciding to do construction directly outside of where I recorded this week, so that was great fucking timing. We are back with Random People, my favorite segment. The way this works is I have a list of 100 different types of people. My guest is going to give me three numbers, one through 100. I'm going to tell my guest what those numbers represent, as in types of people. He's going to tell me in 30 seconds or less what he thinks of those people, and then I get one, count it one, no more, just one follow-up question on each of those types of people. Easy enough? Let's do it. Awesome. So, give Talk me... a game show. Pretty uh, cool. Uh, you know, that we try... I feel like this whole show is so fucking heavy. All we talk about is politics and family and career and life and death and dreams. and Like, everything is so fucking serious, man. Uh, and the other part of it is, honestly, like... I want to be able to talk to and represent, you know, conversations about as many types of people as we can. I only have access and opportunity to sit down and talk to, you know, I, my goal is to do 12 of these per season, a couple seasons a year. It's somewhere between 24 and 48 episodes, probably. I'm not going to get to interview every single type of person. So at the very least, at the very end of the show, I can give as many people as I can 30 seconds and some other people to talk about them and at least give some perception of what people think of those people uh and hopefully on a future episode uh some 
Yeah. Uh, I w- the kind of the kind of the hope is, you know, people listening at home will eventually hear some of these and be like, I feel like that's a bad or a good representation and then invite themselves on the show so that I can have an actual representation of those people. Uh, <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, that's dope. That's, that's a layered friggin' Yeah, I like that. Wow. I'm impressed. I feel it's weird because my general demeanor is one that like doesn't really give much of a shit, but I am a more thoughtful person than people give me credit for sometimes. Uh, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. My team came up with the idea. That's not even an original idea. So credit them. Uh, can I get your numbers <laughs> one through 100? Uh, 24. Okay. Uh, 37. Okay. Uh, and let's go with 99. 99. Thank you for... I don't know why people don't choose it. I re, I shuffle the list every time, so they're never in the same order in case people, you know, might be coming on the show and listen to this ahead of time uh, and try to pick their spots or something. Uh, but I, I would think everybody would take, like, 1, 7, 99, 100, the easy ones, you know what I mean? Nobody ever does. All right. Uh, we'll start with 24. Uh, sorry, I lost my list there for a second. 24. I will put 30 seconds on the clock. Oh, this is going to be a super easy one for you. Ready? Give me the sure. first three things that come to mind about Canadians. Hmm. <laughs> this is harder than it sounds. Wow. That's interesting. Um, friendlier. Um, shit, I'm stumped. 14 seconds. Which is crazy because I'm Canadian. Uh, I'm saying friendlier, uh, less to do, <laughs> and uh, I'm panicking. I don't even know. Shit. Got it. You're uh, over time. You're at 35 seconds. I need something. Hit me. Hey man, end end it, end it, end it. All right, we're bailing <laughs> out. You're the first person to not be able to come up with a third thing ever. We're gonna try a little bit harder with number two here, which is actually hey, number thirty-seven. First time for everything. This is true. Give me your. But how fir- can I perceive myself? I guess is really where I'm going with that. Introspection, man. Introspection. It's the key to life. I smoke yeah. too much weed. Give me your first three <laughs> thoughts on Christians. Conservative. Okay. Strict. Okay. Close-minded. All right, that was better. That was the, twelve seconds. You're you're moving up on the world here. The the last I'm one. Up. Let me see. Scroll all the way down. But no one tells you when you make a list of a hundred of anything. It's a very long fucking list. It's hard to get to the bottom of. So maybe ninety-nine wasn't as easy as I thought. Oh, this is a fun one. Okay. 30 seconds or less, tell me the first three things that you think about when you think of heroes. Underappreciated. Um, wise. And resilient. All right. See, you did good in the last two. Uh, I will start my follow-ups with the first I- one. Because my obvious follow-up is, what what the fuck, bro? You're Canadian. You couldn't even come up with a third thing to tell me about Canadians? You're the only Canadian to appear on this podcast. You are ashamed to your entire country. This is not a follow-up question. This is just a statement. It's it's a dial-on thing, man. It's friendly, friendly, friendly. That's it. uh, At least you're true to form. I, I literally asked, give me three things about Canadians. He said, they do less, they're friendlier, 
And uh, I'm so deferential, I don't know how to talk about myself because that's what fucking Canadians do. Uh, so thank you for being true to every stereotype I've ever had about a fucking Canadian person in my life. It's the True North News podcast, baby. You already know what it is. <laughs> Represent <laughs> Toronto officially from the six. Uh, about Christians, are, I guess my follow-up question, given your views on them being conservative, strict, and closed-minded, uh, what religious background or affiliation or faith do you believe in or did believe in or uh, this is a hard question to ask people because i never want to offend people and i'm really ignorant when it comes to religion do you belong to a religion well, did you I, ever belong to a religion it's easy it's easy for me um i i grew up in uh i mean my mom is is christian uh catholic uh, i don't know the difference between the two i'll be honest uh, i went to a catholic elementary school i went to a catholic high school so i've always been oh, um, shit. Okay. that system um, I've always had sort of those ideals. Um, I've, you know, you go to church and, and you, you participate in that side of things. Um, and, and yeah, I, yeah, that's the way I would answer that. Easy enough. Uh, and lastly, uh, this seems like a no brainer. I'd probably ask anyone I'd, anyone who got hero on this list, I'd probably ask this too, cause it's too good of a question not to ask, but we got a little bit of time here. Who's your hero? Hmm. Mm, that is tough. That's a very tough question because it's not like, for me, my definition of hero or at least who has been a hero is way more abstract than it is individual. Um, I think my hero is listening to people and, and seeing different forms of art and seeing, um, you know, individual sports athletes um, because that's really the mastery of their craft. Um, it, I hate to cop out again, but it really is an abstract thought when I think about heroes. It's more about experiences and it's more about how can I kind of emulate that experience. Not emulate it directly, but emulate kind of the feeling that they feel when they do that. All right, let me let me reframe then. Who... What expression of that feeling did have you seen and you're like, that's that's what I want. Like, that's what I'm trying to emulate. Like, what, what version of that are you trying to... That do you see yourself molding yourself in the image of? I go back to the one thing in life and that, that's like really achieving peace. I think someone who's in their true art form is at peace because they know that that's their best effort. Um, I think that, you know, if somebody is running on the track, like I ran track and field in, in, in high school, in elementary school and high school, you know, they tell you that it's, it's not you versus everyone else. It's you versus yourself. It's you versus the clock. Uh, you're trying your best. You're trying to run your hardest. Um, so, you know, it's really like, yeah, I tried my best. I feel good about that. I feel exhilarated by that. I feel blissful with that. I feel at peace with that regardless of what the result is, regardless of if it's a podcast that gets 50 listens, regardless of if it's a song that does 10 million, regardless of it, you know what I mean? If it's a boxer that has 10 losses or if it's a, or, or if it's Floyd Mayweather as an example. So, you know, it's really regardless of what the result is, it's seeing people in their pure art form, doing their best, trying their hardest, accepting that this is their best effort. So what you're telling me is you don't have a single hero, which is wildly depressing. No, I don't. It sounds crazy. <laughs> it sounds nuts. No. I swear to God, I'm trying not to cop out. As, uh, but no one comes to mind when you say that. 
right. Well, I will ask you my final question at this interview, which should be a little easier for you to answer. We're going to wrap up here, but who do you want to hear this episode? Like, who do you want to hear your story? Like, who are you hoping hears Everyone. this? Everyone. I think, uh, I think, I think everyone can find a relatable point to it. Um, you know, I would love for uh, people with open minds to listen to it because maybe it's going to lead them to listening to the True North East podcast. And, you know, you and I have a lot of similarities in that, you know, one thing I really admire about what you do is you're, you're really down the middle. I think I remember you tweeted one time. I don't even know if you remember this tweet, but uh, somebody had asked, when did you realize you're on the left or something like that? And you're like, well, I was in the middle and then everyone took 10 steps to the right and pointed at me and said, I'm a left. Or, you know what I mean? Something like that. Um, it sounds about right. And, and <laughs> I really appreciate something like that because it's like, man, I'm really trying to be objective. I'm really trying to accept all sides of the coin and hear all perspectives. And it's going to make me sort of form my own opinions, but I can at least listen to both sides of the story so, you know, who do I want to listen to this? I want people that love listening to things. I love, you know, people that like to have open-minded experiences to learn about people, to not necessarily go with the crowd. Like, you know, this guy is not famous, so I'm not going to listen to him. No, you should probably listen because there might be something that you can identify with or you can relate to. Um, I love listening to, to random stories by random people. And I, and I think your podcast, uh, you know, I don't want to, make it sound like less than what it is it's not just random and random <laughs> but you know it's not just uh, the person that has 20 million on instagram it's really like people like myself who are just kind of up and coming as well so you want to hear different stories you want to you know hear different experiences you might be able to relate to them you know it's a genuine conversation going on and people that are open-minded to receiving that is everyone that i want to listen to this podcast and my story well, for all the open-minded people listening at home, for all the people who love listening to things, for all the everyone at home, for all the people who appreciate not famous people, which I assume you must because you are listening to this fucking podcast, and I am sure as hell not famous yet. I would love to have 20 million on Instagram, though, so go run my shit up. Maybe, maybe. Uh, but if you're listening out there, and I hope you are, because everybody does listen to this podcast, it is the world's most popular podcast, the world's best known unknown podcast. Be sure to check hey, out Matthew Harris. I see. This is what I don't even need soundboards. I just need you in the background of every one of my podcasts. It'll be perfect. That's uh, it. Sir my, Harris, my tell them tell them where they can find you on the interwebs. Where 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 can the good people, they if they find, hear this and they want to come find you and be like, that guy was kind of cool. I need more Harris in my life. Where can they find you at? Well, you can find me on everything True North Views podcast related. So on Instagram, that will be at True North Views. On Twitter, same thing at True North Views. Uh, on YouTube at True North Views Podcast and on Facebook at True North Views. You'll find us there as well. Worst case scenario, if you forget all of that, because sometimes it's hard to like, okay, it's this, it's that, it's that, it's that. Just Google True North Views Podcast. You will find us everywhere there. Uh, the easiest place as well to look for us is on our website, www.truenorthviews.ca for the Canadians of the world. Um, and, and really, we're really starting to get that revved up a little bit more and, and just more information about us, more sort of exclusive content on there. And of course, that will direct you to all of our episodes. So hopefully you do that. Worst case scenario, Twitter and the website, Instagram and the website. Best case scenario, do it everywhere. 
tell a friend to tell a friend, do that six more times. And technically speaking, everyone in the world will know about us and everyone <laughs> in the world will know about Mitch Gaines. And listen, man, let's do the human experiment. Let's see how true it is. Well, hey, man, thanks again for doing this, and thanks again to everybody out there listening and supporting the show, not just this show, but True North Views and small podcasts like this everywhere around. Uh, really means a lot to be able to kind of, like I said, be, be a part of that community and have other people kind of creating their own things that we support each other kind of just in this weird endeavor to share our experiences and our voices and our stories and our worlds and shit. Uh, I don't know. I, I find it fascinating. I find it really important. It's a whole lot of fun to me. So if you're listening out there at home, uh, I appreciate you listening i would appreciate you checking out harris's podcast as well like i said true north views pretty much anywhere on the internet you want to find them true north views dot ca uh for all of you in america who don't know what that is that's just dot com for canadians uh <laughs> till next time i am mitch Gaines, and we're all those people hey appreciate it man always love it. it's not gonna kill you people are wrong most people are right you don't have to want it so bad you could just put it back